Do you have some serious FOMO about missing Creative South this year? Well, you're in luck. We just opened up streaming passes. That's right. We're going to be streaming the talks Friday and Saturday live from Creative South. This is your chance to see all of the speakers and presenters without having to leave the comfort of your own sofa. But that's not all. You can also participate in the live Q&A by tweeting to your favorite presenter and using the hashtag CSA team. And we'll be doing a real time live feed of the Q&A. Welcome to the Creative South podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I'm chatting with designy illustrator Mikey Burton. We talk about taking a break between his undergrad and grad schooling to start a design company with his college buddies. How he learned to create and manage editorial illustration through trial and error what it's like to work on HBO's Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, and more, all right after this. It's no secret that I love Jack Prince. They're a longtime sponsor of the podcast and Creative South. Plus, they do great work. Whether they're making our pop-up displays and tablecloths, or printing notebooks, Jack Prince is always there when we need them. This year, they are printing new Creative South t-shirts for me and the podcast stickers. They have a coupon code on the back that gives you a great discount on all of their products, just in time for Creative South. Speaking of stickers, Jack Prince will print any kind, shape, size, or stock, including full-color stickers with full-color liner prints, for you to use as product labels, promotions, bumper stickers, hang tags, business cards, and more. Right now, you can get 500 3x3-inch die-cut stickers, starting at $149. Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 15% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code SOUTH15OFF at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. At Creative South, we love Astute Graphics plugins. Astute Graphics makes innovative plugins for Adobe Illustrator. These popular plugins lead the way in imaginative tools for vector designers that significantly save time, boost creativity, and achieve amazing results. Astute Graphics have developed 16 popular plugins over the past 11 years, including the new Phantasm 4. Phantasm 4 enables true, live effect, 100% scalable vector halftone control, plus duotone and comprehensive color adjustment. The new halftone feature now includes the easy clip to shape function, easily adjust vector artwork, text, effects, and embed images with curves and other essential controls, just like Photoshop, directly in Illustrator. Phantasm 4 includes user-defined adjustment to ensure a fast workflow and maximum creativity, perfect for both designers and for pre-press. Phantasm 4 and all Astute Graphics plugins come with a full, unrestricted, free 14-day trial. If you buy Phantasm 3 as part of their 30% off sale, you'll get a free upgrade to Phantasm 4. Details available at www.astutegraphics.com. Go ahead and give them a try. If you like the Creative South podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else. A shout out on the podcast thanking you for your support. Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So, please... Help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash creative south. Mikey, thanks for joining me tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. 
I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were able to find time since you literally just moved across country a couple of weeks ago. It, uh, it's uh, hectic moving. Yeah, I mean, that's I had to put out the, the schedule to the date a little further because I knew I wouldn't be settled until <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, it's still the dust is still settling, uh, but it's nice. <laughs> I, find, I finally feel like it's like a little bit more homey now. It'll, I mean, it, it'll take time to grow on you. I, I mean, I don't yeah. know how much moving around you did as a kid, but it's always, you know, a little, little different everywhere you go. I, you know what? My parents, I moved when I was four. Uh-huh. And I, or three or four, like really young. And I specifically remember, it was cool because I'd had memories of like pre and post move. Mm-hmm. And like to move at like such a, like a specific young age than, than to have memories before that. It mm-hmm. means they're like when I was like really, really young, which is cool. Um, but yeah. my parents still live in the same house from when I moved when I was like four. So like, like gotcha. 30, 32 years. <laughs> so so where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in uh, Ohio, um, Canton, Ohio, the home mm-hmm. of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, which is literally all I know about Canton. That's literally all that's going on there. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's no, there's, there's that and like a bunch of chain restaurants and that's about it. Okay. <laughs> so when, when you were growing up, what type of kid were you? Were you arty kid, sporty kid, all of the above? Um, I was more of an arty kid. Um, I, played, I actually, it was funny cause like I, growing up in the football town, like I played soccer <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> from like when I was like like five on <laughs> until I graduated uh, until like through high school and mm-hmm. then I realized I wasn't really good at it and stopped immediately afterwards um, but I also like really <laughs> liked, liked to draw um, my mom would always buy me like copious amounts of like art supplies and I was always like drawing and doodling and just kind of like I always thought she had fun doing that. That's how it really came from. Gotcha. When when you got into like high school and stuff, were you taking a lot of art classes then, or or what were you doing? Um, not. I mean, there was like art class. That was it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know how so they offer electives and stuff like that. I didn't know if you were like trying to take extra art classes or anything like that. No, like our school, schools. our school literally just had art class. That was it. Yeah. There was no art one, two, three, or four. It was just art oh, class. I mean, like, I think it was like whatever year of school where you're in, there was an art class for that year, maybe. I don't remember. Sure. Sure. Um, but I don't remember it being official by any means. Gotcha. It was either when, like you're drawing in art class or you're drawing in study hall to impress your friends. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember those days well. Yeah. So. When when you got out of high school, where where did you end up going to college? Um, I went very close to home. I went to uh, Kent State University. Okay, so you you stayed at Kent State all the way through your master's, then? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, they had like a combined degree at the time. Oh, okay. So I you kind of get it all within like, I think it's supposed to be like six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took some time off and like not took some time off like I had completed all my undergrad classes and then like I was finishing up my grad degree but that mm-hmm. but I kind of stopped for a while and like was like working professionally 
Um, so I think in all in all in all, like took like eight years maybe. But That's like not three, bad. But like three of those, I wasn't really working on it. So hey, I did that, and all I got is an undergrad degree. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think that's, I feel like people who, I think it's changed a lot, but people like from like my, like a couple of years and the years surrounding me always had like, we're notorious of like not finishing school. Sure. Especially in the Kent program. <laughs> so when you're, when you're at, when you're at Kent state, what did you focus on anything in particular? What were you focusing on? Um, well, I think I went to Kent just because I, you know, I, I wanted, I was interested in art, mm-hmm. but I knew I didn't want to be like a starving artist. Mm-hmm. So like, I kind of blindly went in going like, Oh, like graphic design, that sounds like something creative, but like I'll make money doing it. Sure. Um, that took a while <laughs> to make money from it. Um, but I think, yeah, I, so like I kind of didn't even know anything other than that. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like blindly going into like, what is this? And mm-hmm. like the way the program structure structure structured at Kent, it was very. Um, they still were like the first two years were all analog. Okay. So it was like all like pay stubs mm-hmm. and buying like drafting supplies and all like this stuff and just like go, like spending like hours at Kinko's like making photocopies. <laughs> um, and it was it was great. Like I, I I was so confused at first, and I wanted to quit. My dad's like, "You cannot quit. It can't be what it's about. Just like stick with it." So I did. And eventually, like when I was in school, I just really loved. I was like, "I love this. I love. I want to make brochures and like logos, and I really love this process." Mm-hmm. And I, actually, I didn't. I had no interest in doing illustration at that time. Okay. And even like towards the end of my schooling, I was like actually taking like. Um, like a concentration in like 3D, like environmental wayfinding kind of stuff. Um, it's a which, big departure from what you do now. Which I've never used since, but like the professor, um, my professor there, David, he was like really like, in, like he was trying to bring that into the program and I just liked him as a professor. So I'd always like, like take his classes and stuff. <laughs> gotcha. So, so you kind of get through your undergrad and then you, you said you took a little break for a while in between this combined program to work professionally. What were you doing in that, that span? Um, well, when I was in grad school, I, um, a couple of my friends got accepted into the same program I was in mm-hmm. and we became like even closer friends and started like working together on a lot of projects. And we actually, um, this was like in 2003 or four, we, um, like everybody who's my age probably started making gig posters, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause like we didn't see anybody doing that specifically in Ohio. So we're like, Oh, we can like do this for like the venues around town. Um, so we started like doing all that stuff then. And, uh, we just like, like literally started in the grad studio making posters, like making a mess, like having the faculty be upset that we made a mess in the grad studio because there was screen printing <laughs> in there. Um, yeah, but that's kind of how we got. Um, but that led into a company, um, which was called Little Jacket. Little Jacket's still around. Um, but that was like the first like start of it. And I did that for about four, four years maybe. And right when I left, that's when I kind of finished up my degree. Because I like, I think, I think 
we started doing that in around 2004 and it was, it was like any business when you're first starting out, we weren't really making any money. Um, sure. It, it took a little time to build that momentum. And by the time like 2007, maybe like hit, we actually were paying ourselves like a very, very small salary. And then it was 2008 and we were just kind of like out of luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> 2008 that, wasn't a good time for anybody. Yeah. So I left um, after then. I, I, I like left the company, um, finished my degree, and then I went and got like freelanced a little bit. And then I think, I don't know, this timeline's so like sketchy. <laughs> um, 2008, 2009, just freelancing a little bit more. In 2010, I moved to Philly and started working at an agency there. Okay. When, so let me ask you about the, the master's program specifically of, of why you wanted to choose that combined program. Because most people in, in our career field, when they get a master's, they're going into it specifically to teach, um, to do something along that lines. What was your intention with it? Um, like I was saying, like Ken's program was just so intensive. Sure. And you really like they had like so many like great like different personalities that had different like views on design and different things when I was there. It was really exciting. Like you kind of like like any good professor like they're their own thing. You go in your class, you try to like become that person a little bit, mm-hmm. and then after class, you meet the next teacher and kind of do the same thing. Um, I was just so ingrained in that process of like I really like being there and like working there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a lot of like like different like benchmarks you have to meet every year. Like you have to get a certain grade in each class and that's pretty difficult. Then there's like a a sophomore review and a junior review. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had been in the program for like until my junior year, junior year, I really didn't know how I was doing because at that point they kind of tell you like what degree you can do, whether you can do like a, it's like you can do a BA, you can do a BFA or you can do like the combined degree when I was there. Um, mm-hmm. and you don't want to really get the BA cause that means you don't really get to take any like higher level of like graphic design courses. Sure. It just kind of tops there. And the, the BFA you get to like have like more of a concentration and do this stuff. Um, and they offered me the, the, the combined degree. And I, at that point I didn't, had no idea if I was good or not. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, they offered me this. I should totally do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, I was just excited and kind of did it. And it seemed like, a deal because I get it's all wrapped up in <laughs> one degree. Sure. Um, so that's kind of why I did it. Okay. And I was like, I was like, oh, if I want to teach in the future, I, I possibly can. Um, so yeah. And I've taught so, a little bit, and I don't know if that necessarily changes anything because it's just like adjunct stuff right now. But mm-hmm. um, I, I could see myself doing it one day. It's really re- it's really a rewarding process. Gotcha. When when you wrap up your MFA in 2008 is hit and and you're out in the job market again. What are you doing? What do, what do you end up landing on? Um, I did a little freelancing around Cleveland for a bit. Okay. Um, the guy who is the main, like the, like the main partner at little jacket now, like he, Roger, he actually would had like worked in a couple of big agencies in Cleveland and at that point in time, he had just left his agency. Okay. And he was like just freelancing around town. So he got 
I was so lucky because he's like, oh, like Mikey's really good and he's not working at this other company. You should hire him to do like just freelance for this other ad agency. And it was like, he got me like some rate that I would never ask for. And uh, that's always it was, good. It was great for like, like maybe like four or five months and then it kind of dried up. But um, yeah, just like, I mean, it was, it was, that was exciting because like, uh, that was like, that made 2009 so it wasn't quite as bad as 2008 but then after that i definitely it was like kind of like bottom of the barrel i was trying to look for a new job and the sure. job market then was just like terrible <laughs> oh i remember yeah it was bad I, I i think i was oh i think i was out of work for about almost a year yeah during that time i mean it was like 10 months so i yeah i remember that well it's it's not great. It's funny because like I haven't <laughs> like I I got a job like right after that, and then immediately after the job I've been freelance ever since. Mm-hmm. So I still think I still don't know if like getting a job is easy or not because I've just been working for myself for a long time <laughs> since then. Sure. <laughs> so I'm still like, is it is the job market different now <laughs> to get a full time job? I've been at the same job for six years, so I, yeah, I, yeah it's tough to tell you. Um, so, so you, what is this job that you get kind of shortly after that before you go back to full time freelancing? Um, I, like I was saying, I was like, just I was looking for anything, and I, um, I got a job at uh, one sixty over ninety in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um. Mainly because I just had a friend who worked there. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was it was really it was like another grad school. It was very challenging. Sure. Um, they operate on a very high like level of work, and the thing that's like so impressive about that place is just like how they sell work. It's like its own art. It's like Mad Men esque. Like, it's just like, they're like really good at selling things. Walk, um, walk me, walk me through it. Um, I don't know. Just, I, it was just something I never really thought of. Like when I, to that point in time, I've been like, it's all about making good work and like, like having good work to make, like making all this good work. And that's all that really matters. And the work speaks for itself. No, like they just like, no, they, they were so good at selling things. I like, I, I, I was like, my work doesn't even have to be that good. It could just be like crappy and you could sell this to these people and like, don't make money like mm-hmm. is that good um yeah but it was just it was just like it was eye-opening in that way and like i don't know gotcha when when you how long were you there for uh like two years to the day oh wow <laughs> so um i don't know if i left under the best circumstances i wasn't fired necessarily you weren't escorted from the building no, but like they didn't want me there anymore. They're like, you can stay if you want to. And I was like, eh, I'm okay. <laughs> so I'm assuming you're freelancing on the, obviously if you know, you're leaving to go do freelance stuff, you're freelancing on the side while you're also working this full-time job. You know, at, at what point do you kind of start getting the inkling of this is more my calling. This is more the path that I want to do. Um, versus staying at an agency? Um, I think I knew that 
the whole time I was there because it was I just wasn't quite doing the work I wanted to be doing there. Like it was sure. cool work, but it wasn't exactly like the kind of work I wanted to be making. Um, so yeah, when I was there, I was also just taking on like piles of freelance, like any like stuff I could do um, outside of a job, and I had time for. It, I'd try to squeeze in. And I was definitely just like bringing the Kindle at both ends, like completely mm-hmm. worn out. And they, I know they saw that. Like I know they knew I was working all the time. Um, I tried to be like very like good about like not. I wouldn't work when I was at the agency, I would definitely like have that there and like have my stuff at home and like keep it very separate. Sure. But, um, yeah, it was just like, it was a lot. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, it's tough to balance, you know, a side gig and a full-time gig. Um, especially when you've got a workload that's pretty high, you know, for both it's, it's tough to not have that run over and, and, create issues whether it's just pure sleep deprivation or or whatever yeah i think i feel like it was just like i can't even i don't even know how i work those hours to like be there till like you know get in like nine be there till like 11 at night and then like come home and work till like two in the morning it was crazy like I, i remember doing that like a lot I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> well, the fact that you're having to be at the, at the agency for 14 hours is is a bit ridiculous. It wasn't. I mean, I think it was just because they were going through a lot of growing pains too. Mm-hmm. Like they doubled in the time I was there. Mm-hmm. Like they they were like at 30 and like we're at like 70 when I left. Mm-hmm. Um, so they during like the like to recession they definitely were smart about how they positioned themselves because they were doing all this like higher ed work sure and like that stuff doesn't no matter how the economy is that's still there yeah um, so they positioned themselves as like this agency does this type of work and they i don't they've probably done like every college in the world now like they're just like so good at it and have such like a great process for it um but yeah that's that's how they were like bulletproof for that series so by the time like i got there that was finally like turning around for them Mm -hmm. they started getting like more like lifestyle brands like like when i was there they got like nike tennis which like specifically nike tennis Uh is like exactly what one of the partners wanted because he's like a huge tennis fan gotcha nike and he was like so excited he could work on it so he just like made like he like picked like three designers and we just like sat and would be there like all hours of the night just like making work for this thing and it just it, like pushed me to the end where it's like in some way i was just like, i can't work on this account anymore i'm sorry like it's like awful like i i need to rest <laughs> <laughs> yeah that can be tough yeah so so you're 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 burned out at work you, you, you is that what pushed you to finally just say no i'm focusing on the freelance full-time no <laughs> I just went to like could not go anymore. Like I was like literally like I just had done like a like a pretty big like brand concept for them, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like the work. It almost felt like it was the work of like two people, and I was just doing it. Sure, and uh, it probably was. It probably was. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. That sounds better for a story. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I I was literally like I was like I guys I need like a break i need to get i need to be like i need like two weeks off because this has been a lot 
And they're like, we know you don't want to be here. Like, um, you know, we'll give you two weeks pay. Like, you can just go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> We're not firing you, but you're fired. Kind That's of. That's basically what it was. And it was weird because, like, one of the guys was, like, crying in the meeting. And I was like, I don't try to be crying. It was, like, a lot going on. <laughs> I don't know. But it, it ended for the best. I mean, I think the, the day after I left, like, they let me go and I didn't even wait to like, like, it was like, I don't know what day it was, but I literally just like walked to my desk, got all my stuff and walked out. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, didn't say goodbye to anybody. It was just like that. It was that tumultuous of a relation. It was like a bad relationship. It was like, I got a, it was a bad breakup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've had jobs like that. I understand. I, I, uh, my worst one, my they let me go, told me I was fired, and then proceeded to basically hold me hostage there to tell me how bad I was, and I was never going to make it as a designer, and I should just stick it. <laughs> it was like, you've already fired me. Why are you insulting me now? Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. But I look back on it fondly because they're doing the exact same type of work that they were doing 12 years ago and it doesn't yeah. look any different. So, yeah, well, they, once they sold the agency for some ridiculous amount of money and that's like, okay, they did okay then, which I'm always like, all right. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> good for them. Yep. So, so you, you're, you're I back. Should have you, I should have you bleep out their name. <laughs> I can put a bleep in there. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be funny. Um, but like, if anybody knows like Philadelphia, they'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Cause like they've like so many like design designers have like filtered through there. Cause like at that point in time, they were hiring like designers from everywhere. Like, sure, sure. And like, it's great. Cause like, I feel like I know somebody in like every city now and we all have this <laughs> shared like, like really like a big learning thing, but it's like war horrible, story, horrible experience. <laughs> it's the designer version of Vietnam. Mm, maybe not that bad. I mean, uh, it's just, it's just graphic design. Okay. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. I mean, it's just, we're just pushing pixels around. It's nothing crazy. No, no. So, so you, you end up on your own freelancing again. Um, what's your day like? What's your, what's your process like in finding that you're not having to, you know, start at 11 at night and go till two in the morning then? How do you, how do you start structuring things for yourself? Um, I think the first year I didn't <laughs> shy away from that pace. I just kept going. Sure. And I would just like take the first year I just, I was so afraid I would just take on anything I could. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't, I didn't have the no button yet where I was like, I didn't know I could say no to something and they still might come back later. Sure. Um, so it's just like, I feel like that first year I just killed myself. Like it was just like, I was working just as hard. I was happy about it and I was excited about the work. I was excited to get up every day, but I feel like I was running at like another pace that wasn't necessarily sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think I slowly like kind of, got used to it mm-hmm. like and found a better like i don't know if i found a better work life 
balance, but I was definitely enjoying the work a lot more. Sure. So you were able to structure your, yourself a little better and be a little more self-disciplined or, or you, or you learn to say no. Uh, I mean, I think that's, I think that's still, I feel like maybe in the past, like I've been working, I've been, this is like my eighth year. Mm -hmm. So like maybe like the first, uh, maybe four years of that, I didn't know, I didn't have that balance yet. Sure. I think like the past four has been much more balanced with like work life being able to like control that a little bit more. And so, I mean, it's, 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 it's its own thing. It's its own thing to figure out. Sure. Well, how are you during this time? How are you finding clients? How are you, how are you building up that client base so you can make things sustainable and get better projects and, you know, that sort of stuff? I don't know. I think I had just done so much No, it's, it's, I, I, it's like, it's like the perfect, um, amount of things coming together at the right time. You know, mm -hmm. like when I was at, when I was at little jacket, I never, we never, I never, we don't think we ever updated our work. Gotcha. So like I had this whole portfolio of stuff that I never shared anybody. Mm -hmm. And then I put it out at one time and then that started leading to like more work. And then when I was at the agency, I started doing a lot more editorial stuff. Um, and is like that, small, is that when illustration came more into play for you? Yeah. Um, because I didn't, I, I always like, I really like love doing like gig poster work. Mm -hmm. Um, just cause it, as a designer, it was just always such a fun, fun and different thing. And like, you're always thinking about the process of like, how, like, Oh, how can I make this work in like two or three colors? Mm -hmm. Um, and that was always, and like, that's kind of where my illustration style came out of it. I didn't really even maybe think of it as illustration style at the time. Sure. Um, but that's kind of where it came from. Um, but then to have, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of when you're, in, oh, um, the illustration right. part of your career emerged. Um, so doing like when I was at the agency, I was doing, I started doing some editorial stuff. And kept doing more like gig poster stuff. The gig poster stuff like started out shitty, as you'd imagine. But yeah. by the end, like they were actually pretty good. Like the mm -hmm. posters were like a lot more. They looked a lot better. They were like better concepts and different things. And uh, I, like the first editorial job I got was with Wired magazine. Okay. Because um, they saw like a specific poster. Like, oh, this is great. Do you do editorial? And I was like, in my mind, I was like, no, you don't. Like, don't say yes. And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> or I'd like, like, sure, that sounds great. Um, so the first job I did with them was like painful and I didn't know what I was doing. Sure. Um, and I was like, I didn't realize you could just send them like pencil sketches like to get an idea across. Mm -hmm. um, and I was sending along like fully fleshed out concepts that had nothing to do with the article. <laughs> and uh, like by just doing a lot of work, I figured it out and like they, are, they like approved like something at the end, but like it was a learning experience and mm -hmm. uh, that's, and from doing that one, like I got another one and another one and it kind of like snowballed from there. Um, sure. To the point where I don't, I just kept doing work that, and that was almost like the promotion of itself. Like 
Well, I wasn't really looking for work as much. Mm -hmm. Work was coming to you. Yeah. I feel like I, the pace, I feel like I've been working at for like, like maybe like six years. I never really had like downtime of like, Mm -hmm. where's this next project going to come? What's this? What's that? It's been like the past like two years that have been like more like my January's have been like, like, like classic freelance stuff where I'm like, Oh, like if I, had experienced this before I would have quit a long time ago. I would have gotten another job. Gotcha. So how are you work wise? How are you now balancing between the design work and the illustration work? How are you segmenting things? Um, Cause they're different skill sets. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I think that's true, but I think when people approach me for projects, it's like something in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So I guess it almost always falls under like illustration a little bit more now in a way. Sure. Um, even if it's a logo, they kind of like know like it's going to be within this like realm of logo, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I think for me, the way I balance it is. If I'm doing one of, if I'm doing too much design work or too much illustration work, I just like, no, I'm not happy unless I'm doing like a balance of like two things. Okay. Um, so if I like, there've been years where I like have done just like mostly editorial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that wears on me. I'm like, I need to like start doing more design projects. Sure. Or if I like, I get too many design projects and it's like, just like, you are doing design projects that like stick around for like more than a month or two. You're like, I need something that I can just do and be done with. Like, oh. <laughs> I know that I've had one that's been sticking around for six months now. It's driving me insane. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a very slow moving client. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. So, yeah. but, um, well, as, as stuff comes, trickling in and you start working with bigger and bigger clients how do you how do you manage expectations of what you can do and what you can deliver um i guess that's that's really it how how do you start managing expectations um i don't know i usually just if I want to do it, I'll figure it out. If I don't, I'll just say no. Or I'll just okay. like say it's this much and then like try to out, outprice yourself. Because <laughs> if they're going to pay that much, you'll figure it out. But like, sure. I think it's more just knowing what your skill set is and like kind of saying yes or no to stuff. Like, because like if something's like, I can only do like, it's just me. I can't do like right. big brand projects. And I like people, but people aren't approaching me for that. Also, like, I think people rarely approach like out of me out of something out of my like range of doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never like, oh, I don't. That's crazy. I don't do that. But, like, it's usually like lines up somehow. Sure. Well, I mean, because you you've, I mean, you've worked with a pretty large swath of A list clients, and and you know. I, when, when trying to figure out how to word this, so you've worked with a fairly large swath of A-list clients. Um, 
when say target comes to you what are they looking for from you are they looking for like gift card illustrations are they looking for specific campaign style stuff what what do they look for with you it's usually like i think the stuff i can't the stuff i did with target was like such a specific like project of like an art show or some weird like concept they had mm-hmm. um and that was cool but like it was also like i don't this is weird. I don't know if I should just be doing this because I don't think I'm that much of an artist or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's like, what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> I was a very rambling question of when, when, when these clients come to you, especially like with target, what, what do they look for from you? Cause it, it I mean, obviously it varies from client to client, but well, I think I think I have a look to my work. Okay. I think people like it's funny, I was just like looking at somebody talking online about a design like design designing illustration specialist versus design illustration or design illustration like generalist. Yeah, I saw that yeah, Matt like, Matt Stevens, yeah. Yeah, and I definitely like I would say I wish I was more of a general generalist where like things were like more varied and appropriate to projects, but I know like it's more specialized and like I have like an aesthetic that people kind of know what they're going to get. Um, to me as an individual, that's great because it mm-hmm. makes, it's less work for me, like guesswork. It's like people are coming to me, they know what they're going to get on some level, but there's still like a little, le- there's enough leeway in there for me that keeps me interested in the work. Gotcha. Well, so, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Um, (laughs) Sun goes down quick. Um, So with with your illustration style, you know, I'm trying to sound, because I I don't mean this to sound as an insult and I'm worried that it's going to come off that way. I don't don't think you have a specific style. I think... Your your style is you can tell that you're the one who did it, but like from going through and looking at stuff and things like that, it's very moldable and adaptable to the situation. Much more so, I can't think of a good example at the moment. But there's you know other designers that you look at the page and it's just like oh yeah that's them or uh, sorry other illustrators you look at the page and you're like oh that's them. Whereas when I look at your stuff. It takes me a few times to look at it to go, I think that might be Mikey. Yeah, that's Mikey's yeah. stuff. Does that make sense? And I think I think that's a yeah. good thing. I don't think that's no, a bad I, thing. So I, that's wish, why I, I wish that was even like more pronounced in a way. Oh, to okay. be honest. Like I don't like I I I was always like under the impression like style is kind of a bad thing mm-hmm. for a designer. Sure. Um and it's it's of the moment and temporary and like there's gonna be a new style next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so like to know that like what I make is like some somewhat moldable. That's like a huge compliment in a way. Like mm-hmm. I like that. So thank you. <laughs> you're well. You're welcome. Well, and I say that because like I looked at like a wired thing that you did, and I saw a thing for I think it was the Economist or something like that. Um, it was something with an E, and I'm blanking on the name, and I know it wasn't ESPN. Um, might have been ESPN. I've done a lot for them. Yeah. Anyways, I was I was looking at them, and they were very appropriate for the publication and for 
the style of the article and things like that, which is what you should be doing. But you know how there's certain illustrators where doesn't matter what they're in. It's this is the way it is. Doesn't, yeah. you know, doesn't matter who they're doing an illustration for. I think that's just being a, like having more of a design background and not as focused on illustration, like to begin with, of like, oh, I like, I like solving like problems, mm-hmm. like, and like coming up with like a big idea. Mm-hmm. Even if like, even if it doesn't like look like a big idea, there's still some like nugget of like an idea there. Gotcha. Or I think that's like where like, you know, just like, like owning a style is different. Like, I think, I like to think my stuff's like a little, like at least a little more thoughtful mm-hmm. and like has like, oh, that's like, that's witty or that's like, I hate the word cute, but like, that's like, a, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what I try to like have in my work is like that little like aha moment. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so let, let's kind of try to catch up to where we are now and you know, you just moved, like I, like we said at the top of the show, you just moved from New York to LA. What, what brought you out to LA? Um, my wife got a job. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, I, we were, we were looking to get out of New York. Um, because we just don't, New York's great, but Mm -hmm. it's just like every day on vacation kind of thing. Like, vacation prices <laughs> like everything just sure like costs so much there to live um and i i love it i love it there it's like amazing but like it's just not i just never saw myself like being like oh we're gonna live here for the next 20 years i was just like eh and she kind of felt the same way i don't mm-hmm. think we're like new yorkers at heart um so we were kind of like looking to get just we were gonna move like out of the city and like just go to like Ohio and spend some time with my folks and then figure out maybe do mm-hmm. like a meandering road trip for a year or something. Uh-huh. Uh, but then she got an offer and it was a pretty good offer for a job and we're like, oh, let's go see what LA is like for a little bit. Gotcha. And, and like I've worked remotely for, you know, this is the eighth year. Like it's just it's a little bit cheaper to live here, so. Mm-hmm. A little bit, oh, me. <laughs> a little. It's it's a little bit cheaper. I was about to say it's not that much cheaper. You get it's like this. Like our apartment's the same price, but you get like double the size. Like oh, okay. when you go out to eat, you don't like spend. It's like cheaper. Like everything's like a little bit cheaper. And the only thing that's more is a car. But like the amount of Ubers you take in New York, anyways, like you might as well buy a car. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you, you <laughs> depending on where you live in New York, you don't need a car. Yeah, we didn't ever have a car, but like you, when you like look at the amount of Ubers you've taken in a year at the end of the year, you're like, oh, like that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry it's so dark in here. No, that's okay. <laughs> it, if you like it in the dark, we that sounded really inappropriate. Oh. <laughs> better. There we go. I can see you again. <laughs> so uh, on on top of all that, this is. On top of the move, this has been a big year for you um, because, A, you got married. Mm -hmm. And I'm counting year as, you know, 2017 since we're only like two months into it. Yeah. Um, And and then you started doing work for the John Oliver show. Uh, Yeah, I I worked. I was like I was saying, like last um, January was so slow. Mm hmm. 
and I really like I was just kind of like I was like this is it kind of felt like that kind of feeling of like this is it I'm done mm-hmm. like being a designer forever because it was like I hadn't experienced that like that drought before um and uh, I was kind of like looking around at like job boards and I saw this like cryptic post for like a late night talk show and I was like oh that seems cool and it like had like very specific weird hours of like oh it's um it's friday saturday um we work long hours and i was like what is this and then like i found out it's like john oliver i was like oh that seems cool um so i kind of like actually had to put together like a little packet for it because they did not see my work and their work at all sure um but i got it and it was it was funny because i was like kind of excited because i was like oh i'll get to go work in the office Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) like i went the interview and they're like oh you can just work from home and i was like but I but people <laughs> but people and they're like no that's okay we don't want to interrupt your process and i was like okay but people <laughs> but people um but i want to hang out with john um but yeah they just, they're like no you can work from home gotcha um but it was it was fine it was weird to like have like your like kind of it's not every week it's like 30 weeks of the year mm-hmm. um it's not the funnest to lose your Saturdays. No. Um, but it's fun to make fun of the president. So yes, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, ha- what? So knowing nothing about broadcast design and things like that, what what is your role there? What are you doing within your job? Well, that's that was the interesting too, thing too, because I was like, I don't know anything about this realm of work. Um, and it was kind of like, they're like, oh, it's to make like the hero images that appear like over their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, not like the jokey ones, like the ones that pay off punchlines. Mm-hmm. It was, it's more the ones that are um, the, like the topical, the main topic, like images and like some of like the top of show stuff. Um, so it's like, it's usually like worked up at like three or four images a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like, and it's working in like, it's fun for me cause it's, it's more of a design problem. Um, mm-hmm. of just like finding like an appropriate image for the, for the, whatever the topic is that week. Sure. Um, but it's different. It's different work. It's, it's, it's the pace of work that I like. Like my, like my favorite projects are, I, I've always loved like doing editorial stuff because it's such fast pace. Mm-hmm. of like doing things like for the stuff like if you do stuff for the times like you do it like within the day you like get it like you get an article at like um 11 or like maybe like noon and you have that sketches by two and a final by five mm-hmm. um which is always like a really fun i always think it's a fun pace to work in some people probably hate it um but like john oliver is like a very similar like thing where it's just like you have to like make high quality work in a very like a very short window. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just find that really exciting to, to work on that stuff. Well, how do, how does that process work? Because you're having to meet up, you know, and go over and look at the script to see how things are going to match up with that. How does how does that process um, work? I mean, it's they have a a pretty robust team of people. Mm-hmm. Um, they have about like seven or eight designers on staff. Um, I usually, I work mainly with the segment producer, 
and she'll tell me like which pieces I'll be making work for the week. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just like do like, sometimes I'll like make like one thing and that'll be it. Sometimes I'll make like 20 things. Until you hit the one that's going to that, work. And then that's the one. Um, but uh, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Gotcha. So not I feel being... like I'm better. I'm, I'm better at the ones that are not things you think of. Like how so? Like the ones that are like weird. I, those are the ones I usually do well on. Like they did a segment on like floods, mm-hmm. or like coal. Mm-hmm. Like the things that are hard, I think I'm actually better at those. The things that are more ubiquitous, I think, are a little bit more challenging because maybe there's like more like visuals associated with it. But it's a it's a fun design problem. Is it is it one of those things with with those ones that are more ubiquitous that there's just too many choices to choose from and it. Becomes joke overload almost, or jerk, they, joke I mean, support just, overload. These aren't like well, it's like also tricky because you're making something that's like has to be visually interesting, but can't compete with like sitting next to John for a long time on sure. screen. Sure, um, and that's that's challenging because like I feel like things that you think would be really cool in that instance like might just be like too loud or like distract too much from like being on screen for so long because it's the things that like these these are the images that sit on my screen a lot longer than other things mm-hmm. yes um, so they're not the ones that are flashing up there for two seconds they're the ones that are sitting up there 30 seconds to a minute while he's yeah, talking over he's things talking over it yeah it's, it's i mean it's cra- i i went and saw a show it's crazy that he just does it in one take and it's really impressive how quick he does it it's like literally like just the length of the show. So he's getting through it in one taping and not having to do yeah. multiple takes for the most part. When I saw him, he, um, they had, he stopped cause the machine broke or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just like, and then he like, I think he filled a couple more questions, but then like, yeah, he just back up and didn't miss a beat. Wow. That's impressive. Really impressive. So, um, well, so we're, we're getting, close to our time here but what are some exciting things that you're allowed to talk about that you're working on right now um that's one and i don't know if i, I don't know if i gave too many details <laughs> probably pretty general stuff um what else am i working on i, I don't know <laughs> Nothing really great. I mean, like, it has also been a really slow January. I feel like I just, like, wrapped up a couple, like, editorial jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, I couldn't take on too much because we were moving. Sure. I mean, yeah. So if, there's, so if there's work anybody needs done, give me a call. So what you're saying is you're currently accepting uh, jobs and you will uh, take any work that comes your way. <laughs> yeah. Within reason. Um Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, I don't know what else is going on. Nothing crazy, really. It's been a little bit tame. I've actually just been kind of like enjoying my time here so far. Unpacking boxes, getting used to the city. Getting in the sun. Yeah. Soaking up that vitamin D. Getting used to apartments that don't have heaters. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I always thought 
people in LA were wimps when they said, oh, it's cold out. It's like 60 or 50. But I get it because they don't, you're not prepared here. You just like freeze. <laughs> Place has no insulation and no heat. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like living, it's like a beach house. <laughs> gotcha. Well, Mikey, where can, where can uh, people find you online? Um, on the website, which is Instagram and on Twitter. And it's Mikey Burton on all those things. Awesome. Thank you. Really easy to remember. Yeah. Well, thank you so much (laughs) for taking the time to chat with me tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Nice chat with you too. Yeah. Go ahead and hug some necks. You can find out more about Mikey on Twitter at Mikey Burton. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative SO Pod and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 15% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code SOUTH15OFF at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CREATIVESOUTH. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And... Remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash creative south. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.